back in the ancient days in the 1980s when I was a much younger man I uh, my third favorite movie of all time so it's not it's not Princess Bride it's not say anything so it, it's Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension <laughs> see there we go my third favorite movie of all time, Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. And in the movie, Peter Weller, who plays Buckaroo Banzai, looks out in the midst of a crowd and he quotes Confucius. And he says, no matter where you go, there you are. No matter where you go, there you are. Except we're not. Except for the most part, we're not where we go. Um, now, you have to uh, rewind with me back to my first ordination uh, interviews when I sat down with committees of United Methodist clergy across the table from me. And they said, what, James, what would you say your greatest gift is? And I said, well, I, I want to talk to you about the movie Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. And I... I could have been looking across the table at, you know, you know, statues of stone. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I, I said, well, if you don't remember it, let me just quote. And I quoted and I said, I think one of my greatest gifts is being where I am. You know, wherever I am, being there. Now, the truth is, that was really a lie that I told myself uh, 26, 27 years ago. I'm much better at being where I am now than I was 26 years ago, but at the time I was convinced I was pretty good at being where I was. It's a learning process, I guess, learning to actually be present in the moment. Uh, for some reason, most of us are constantly rushing destination to destination to destination, and even when we get to a destination, that's not our ultimate destination. We have a plan to get somewhere else. You know, I'm stopping here for whatever it is. You know, your ultimate destination today, I have no idea where your ultimate destination is today, but this might have just been a stop on your way to that next destination, wherever it is. I'm going to brunch, but I'll stop off at St. James on the way. And it was, for a brief moment, your destination. <laughs> uh, and then uh, your brunch will be your destination but that won't be your ultimate destination because then there's somewhere else you're going to go after brunch. So brunch is on your way to someplace else. Everything is something we pass on the way to something else. Well, I want to ask you a question. What would it look like for you if you actually were where you were? Are you are where you are? For the moment that you're in that place that you actually practiced being there. When you're at work, you're at work. When you're at home, you're at home. But when you're at home, you're not at work. And when you're at work, you're not at home. And when you're in your car, you're not already at work or already at home. Or at the game you're going to later on. Or, uh, you know, getting food. Uh, you know, whatever your next plan is, is not where you are. You're here. You're here right now. Uh, now, if you're anything like me, one of your least favorite places to be is in traffic in your car. Until recently, I was listening to one of my teachers in the living school, Jim Finley, who said, 
and he lives in Los Angeles, so he spends a lot of time commuting in his car, a lot of time commuting in his car, and he said, I have a traveling hermitage. I get in my hermitage, I can't go any faster than the people in front of me, and the people behind me can't go any faster than me, and while I'm in my hermitage, it's my space. And I can pray, and I can talk, and I can say whatever I want to, sing a song, I can be at peace, and I can choose to be where I am, because that's where I am right now. I'm not at home. But I think we keep wanting the gratification of the next thing, and we think the more experiences, maybe it's a, maybe it's a new modification of what used to be the old rule. He who dies with the most toys wins. I think it's he who dies or she who dies with the most experiences wins. How many great experiences? How many cliffs can I jump out of, you know, off of? How many, you know, uh, how many bungee cords off of, uh, you know, we went to go. I, I, was, in, I was in Mozambique in, nine, in 2002. And we... Uh, we landed and went over to uh, Zambia, and then we also went into Zimbabwe, and I saw Victoria Falls, and they were stunning. And there's a bridge right near Victoria Falls, off of which people were bungee jumping. Uh, and I thought to myself, you are standing in one of the greatest, in front of one of the greatest wonders in the world. And all you can think to do is jump off a bridge with a bungee cord tied around your ankle because you need, to, you know, you need the uh, adrenaline that you are become addicted to. We are constantly acquiring experiences, and the next experience is the one we want to acquire. It's not the one I'm having now. It's the one that's next. Whatever the next one is, I've got to get to that next place, to that next thing to fill me up. Well, what if we celebrated everything that we did like it was the best thing we could do? Today's text I chose is, interestingly, a text from, uh, from Colossians. And it's a text that I've actually used. It's the second most used text in my experience in weddings. For some reason, Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17, just draws people out. So you have a version of it printed in your printed update if you want to follow along, but then, of course, I'm going to read from the revised English ver version, which is not at all what you have in front of you. And uh, because I, you know, I like to test you and see if you can follow along. And this is what Paul says when he's writing to the people of Colossae. He says, Then put on the garments that suit God's chosen people, his own, his beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, be forbearing with one another and forgiving where any of you has cause for complaint. You must forgive as the Lord forgave you. To crown all, there must be love. To bind all together and complete the whole. Let Christ's peace be arbiter in your hearts. To this peace you were called as members of a single body and be filled with gratitude. Let the message of Christ dwell among you in all richness. Instruct and admonish each other with utmost wisdom. Sing thankfully with, in your hearts to God with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now here is the key verse, and I even 
bolded and italicized it for you in your text. Whatever you do, whether you speak or act, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you are doing, whether you speak or act, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, who among you, you can raise your hand, who among you likes chores? Who amongst you, you know, just lives for the moment you can do chores? Come on, I'm looking for those hands. Everyone's jumping at the chance. You know, uh, Stephen likes chores. There's at least one of us who admits to liking chores. I'm not, I'm not raising. (laughs) That can be a chore. Organizing can be a chore. The truth is, most of us do not live for chores. But what if everything you did with your life, everything you did your, with your life, you did to the glory of Jesus Christ? Whatever you do in action or word, do to the glory of Jesus Christ. I was reading, uh, I, I read a couple of different, look back at a couple, couple of different books that have been on my shelf for a long time that I've read at least once in my life and I pulled them off. Yeah, I just want to tell you that if you're trying to find a book on your shelf, don't get a picture in your mind of a big brown book that's thick and hardback when you're looking for a thin white uh, paperback, you know, uh, because you will not find the book until Saturday. Uh, you can spend the whole week looking for it. I know I have Practicing the Presence here somewhere by Brother Lawrence. It's got to be here somewhere. Well, of course, it's a thin white book, not a thick brown hardback. I don't know what book I have that's a thick brown hardback. I guess I'll find it eventually, or I'll just dream it away. I don't know. But uh, So if you're looking for a book, so I, I pulled two of, those, uh, uh, two of those books, and they are all about living in this moment and making this moment that you're living a, a, a sacrament. Now, I'll come back to the word sacrament in a minute, but Brother Lawrence... Uh, was a simple lay monk about 300 years ago, wrote 300 years ago, more or less in the early 1700s in France. Uh, I think Brother Lawrence was France. No, that's Jean-Pierre de Cossard. Somebody was in somewhere. It doesn't matter where he was. He was a, he was a lay monk, and he didn't feel like he was, he was clumsy. He wasn't very gifted. He didn't. So he got the job working in the kitchen. And he decided that he would do dishes to the glory of God. And eventually he began to experience, after deciding by his will that doing dishes would be to the glory of God, that he would connect with God when he was doing the dishes. And sure enough, he did. He connected with God. He practiced the presence. And you know what he was... He... He was never really very famous, he wasn't very smart, but he was always in God's presence. Now see, the truth of the matter is, you and I are always in God's presence. There is nowhere you can go to escape. Ask Jonah. He tried to run far, far away. Read that little short book in the Old Testament. Dude tries to run away from God, cannot escape from God, no matter how far you go. You know, night or day, darkness or light. You cannot escape from God. God is always everywhere that you are. You just don't always see it. 
But if you practice the presence, then you can experience being with God right now. So when you're doing the dishes, do it to the glory of God. And let's say you're one of those people that has the modern convenience of a dishwasher. And the dishwasher is not your hands. It is something other than your hands. It is this machine to which you place items, turn it on, and it washes for you. Loading the dishwasher to the glory of God. Unloading the dishwasher to the glory of God. Cutting the grass to the glory of God. One day I passed by St. James when Whitney was out cutting the grass. That was a man who was lost in the glory of God cutting the grass. Because he loves to cut the grass. Now he'd be embarrassed if we were here that I said that he does it to the glory of God. But he does. Each one of you can do anything that you do, whether you do it well or not, to the glory of God. Cleaning toilets doesn't sound very exciting, but if you did it to the glory of God, imagine encountering God in the bathroom. You know, you can encounter God everywhere you go. There is no place that you can escape from that. Paperwork, if you're like me, I hate paperwork. I hate you know, I can't think of anything in my life I loathe more. I love volunteering at Lorton Community Action Center on Fridays. I do not fill out volunteer paperwork. I made a deal with my wife a long time ago. I said, honey, I would love to volunteer, and I know you want to leverage my hours, but I just I cannot fill out that book. I will not fill out that book. And she said, I will fill out the book. I will fill out the book. You are one of our pain-in-the-bottom volunteers, but I will fill out your book. And so I don't fill out forms unless I absolutely have to. But what if I started doing it to the glory of God? What if I thought to myself, you know, filling out this sheet makes Aaron's life easier, it makes Kristen's life easier, it makes Linda's life easier. This is to the glory of God. Now, I can't promise you on Friday I'm going to remember to do that because by then I won't even remember what I preached about this week because I'm going to be working on next week's sermon by then. Who knows? I, don't, I hope that's not the case for you. You know, uh, you know, I hope it's not the case for me because I want to do everything I do, whether I'm sitting or standing or speaking or thinking or talking. I want to do it to the glory of God. When I get up here on Sunday morning, I want this message to be to the glory of God. When I sit down and eat dinner with my wife or with my friends or by myself, I want it to be to the glory of God. When I vacuum the carpet, I want it to be to the glory of God. When I cut my grass, when I edge my grass. That's a lie. Okay, I just lied. You know, but whatever I do, what would it look like if I did it to the glory of God? Would I experience life differently? I think I would. I think I would experience it. If you can't remember anything from this sermon, remember Colossians 3, 17. Whatever you do, in, whatever you do in, whether in thought, word, or action, do it to the glory of Jesus. Do it to the glory of God. Stop trying to cram your life so full because you see what that does. If I am in the moment washing the dishes, God is able to manifest God's self to me in the washing of the dishes. But if I hate doing the dishes so much that I can't be here while I'm doing the dishes, I'm already at the next thing that's exciting. Dish doing, not exciting. Next thing, exciting. Dish doing, not exciting. Next thing, exciting. Then I'm not even with God. I'm not even with myself. I'm not with the dishes. I'm somewhere else. 
somewhere else that doesn't even yet exist. Because it's the future. All I've got is the now. This is where God wants to meet me now. And the only way God can meet me now is if I'm here now. If I'm present now. If I'm aware now. If I'm awake now. That's why we do that breathing thing. You do it all day long. You don't even pay attention to it. But let it be that you stop breathing. <laughs> you will notice. Hopefully other people will notice too. But, uh, oh my gosh, he stopped breathing. You know, uh, if I suddenly stop breathing, it could be a bad sign. But you just do it naturally. It's, it's an automatic response. But what happens when you pay attention to that breathing in and breathing out? Then it becomes an opportunity to be here right now. Noticing my lungs fill up, noticing my diaphragm push my lungs back up to let out the air, push it out, drawing some more in, letting some more out, suddenly I'm here. Because if I'm here, then I've created a space in my life where God can play with me, where we can play in the field, we can play by looking at the flowers. Because suddenly, I'm not passing by the flower on the way to someplace else. Suddenly, the flower is a place where I'm meeting God. Because I see God's glory in that flower. Now, practicing the presence of God is hard. And I'll tell you why. Because most of us are afraid, for some reason or another, to be in this moment. We're afraid of what it looks like not to be a doing we don't know what it looks like to really be human beings. We know what to be human doings. Because from the time we've been small, small little people, it's all about what you do. Do it. Do something. You know, roll over. We've been waiting for this forever. You know, you're five months old. Why aren't you rolling over yet? Something's wrong. Roll over. Good. You've done something. Now roll back over. Now say some words. Now get up and go. Now go to school. Now learn something at school. Tell me about it when you come home. Now ride the bus. Now go play baseball, basketball, football. You know, go do this. Go do that. Go do this. No, don't, don't, don't just be there. Do something. And we've placed so much value on the doing of something that we lost track of the being. So no wonder I'm afraid to be here because now I have to be with me. Maybe I'm not so fond of me. Maybe I'm not so fond of some of the stuff that goes on inside of me. Maybe I'm not so fond because I'm ashamed of parts of my life and who I am. If you're anything like me, then you are. And you carry that shame like a scar on the inside of yourself. Kind of an ugly scar. And it burns. So if I sit down for long enough, I feel the pain. So if I can fill up my life with enough experiences, running from thing to thing, I don't ever have to pay attention to the pain. I don't have to be afraid because there's no space for fear or anything else. Just more stuff. In the Enneagram, I'm a seven, which means I'm afraid to not be, I'm afraid of pain and to stop. So I fill my, I used to fill my schedule up. Apparently, I'm a healthy seven now because I do not fill my schedule up. Either that or I'm a lazy seven. I don't know which one it is. I refuse to fill, you know, I refuse to fill my schedule up. 
I insist on sitting with God every morning and now every afternoon. No matter what's going on in my world, I insist that that must happen. If I have to get up extra early so I can fit it in, I do it. And when I'm sitting there, I'm doing absolutely nothing except practicing the presence of God. Now, we practice the presence of God by recognizing it's in the most ordinary ways that God shows up. You know, in the United Methodist Church, we have something called sacraments. Every church has sacraments. Well, the Baptists don't have sacraments. I haven't figured out exactly why that is, but it's okay. They have ordinances. But we have two sacraments, baptism and communion. But if you look at what makes up baptism and communion, it's water, grape juice, and bread. How much more ordinary can you get? How much water do you have in your life? It's all over the place. Ordinary. And yet we cross paths with God. Why do we use the ordinary to do that? Because that's where you cross paths with God. In the absolutely ordinary. When you say hi to your neighbor, and you mean it, and you listen to him, and you chat for a while, if chatting is necessary, <laughs> then you can cross paths with God. But you have to be there. So, I guess I want to challenge you to practice the presence of God this week. And I want to challenge you to do it by tricking your mind. You've got to start somewhere. So let's trick our minds. Next time you do the dishes, and maybe none of you do the dishes. I don't do much in my house, but I do the dishes. That's my job. But it's my job. I do the dishes. See that clean dish? I did that. <clears throat> you know, uh, there is no dirt left on that dish, baby. I ran super hot water on there. The germs are dead, dead, dead. <laughs> so is my hand and all the feeling in it. But that's okay. I do the dishes. But do you do the dishes to the glory of God? When you eat an apple, can you eat that apple and enjoy every bite? To the glory of God? When you have lunch today, can you take every bite as if that bite is savorable and matters and is a way that you might connect with God? There is no other bite of mashed potatoes like that first bite of mashed potatoes that will ever happen again in history. Ever. Ever. It's a once in a forever experience. Even the next time you taste, they won't be the same. They'll be uniquely different. Every bite matters. Every breath matters. Every, every speaking, every silence matters. If you have trouble practicing the presence, I encourage you to think about, pray about, wonder about, journal about this week. What are you afraid of when you stop? What are you afraid of? What keeps you from being right here? What will you have to face if you stop? And find one thing this week. Even put it in your mind right now. What is the one thing this week you're going to do to the glory of God? What is it? You can do them all, but then you start forgetting so what's the one thing? 